to the Word is Resistance, the podcast where we're exploring what sacred stories have to teach us about living, surviving, even thriving in the context of empire, tyranny, violence, and repression. These are the times in which we're living today. What do our sacred stories have to teach us, as white people, about our role in resistance, in showing up, in liberation? This podcast is a project of Surge Faith. Surge. S-U-R-J. It stands for Showing Up for Racial Justice. What is it? What is Surge? This is something you can search for online, but I'm going to just repeat one sentence from the Surge website. Surge is a national network of groups and individuals organizing white people for racial justice. We won't get into all this right now, but just by way of framing this podcast a little, I want to point out that this podcast is designed for white people. Of course, it would be wonderful for anybody and everybody to listen. I'm not saying this is white-only space. I'm saying this is an attempt to be explicit that white people, like me, have a responsibility to commit ourselves to resisting white supremacy. White people have to resist racism. We have to resist other forms of systemic injustice that we're invested in, that we're complicit with. The word is resistance. White people, as white people, need to work on resistance. We need to examine what it means for us to be white. What does it mean to be white? We need to critique and deconstruct the ways in which we are white, whatever that means. We need to talk about whiteness as a powerful construct that can be resisted. We can resist whiteness, and we should. We need to acknowledge that we're wrapped up in racist ideology, and we have the ability and the responsibility to resist. So that's just by way of introduction. We'll get into some of this more as we address the Bible text for this week. This podcast is an exploration of biblical texts from the Revised Common Lectionary, read with a racial justice framework. Uh, The Reverend Ann Dunlap created this podcast through Surge Faith, and this is the first broadcast featuring someone other than Ann. In the next coming weeks, there'll be other people joining in too. But this week, it's me. Uh, My name is Will, Will Green. Hi. I'm not trying to sound like James Bond when I say my name slowly like that, but I just know that if I say Will Green altogether, it sounds like one word. Anyways... I'm a United Methodist pastor serving a parish in Andover, Massachusetts. Andover, Massachusetts. Okay, Uh, that's one way of identifying myself and where I live. But in the the spirit of the values of Surge in this podcast, uh, let's try another way of reflecting on my location. Where I live is sometimes referred to as the Merrimack Valley. There's a river not too far from me that flows into the Atlantic Ocean, the Merrimack River. Uh, Before English Protestants 
like my ancestors, invaded and colonized this part of the world. There were people living here. And one of the names, uh, one of the names of some of these people is the name Merrimack. Merrimack people. Pawtucket. Penacook. Abenaki. These are some of the names we could say with respect to describe the place where I live. And doing so gives me the chance to reflect on my location and to honor others. And this is a little taste of what it means to critique my sense of whiteness and my sense of self. A little bit about my connection to Surge. I first became involved with Surge in December of 2015. I was invited to a prayerful protest against a surging Republican nominee for President of the United States of America. He was coming to the Merrimack area to receive an endorsement from a regional association of police officers. This was the first official endorsement this candidate received, this candidate who has gone on to become President of the United States. At the time, many people were amazed that anyone would endorse this person. The police led the way. I was invited by Surge to show up, to try to get in, and to pray. We showed up. We did not get in. And we prayed. The next day, as we saw news stories about how a group actually endorsed this person, a friend who protested with me said, we should have done more than just prayed. Anyway, this is all introduction. I've introduced Surge, myself, my connection with Surge, and now on to this edition of The Word is Resistance. Pentecost. Here's a little joke for you. By little joke, I mean it's not really funny, but it's the sort of mildly amusing observation a pastor says to make another point. Not to get you too excited about this little joke, but here it is. What's the traditional liturgical greeting for Pentecost Sunday? You know how at Easter uh, the liturgist says, Christ is risen, and the response from the congregation is, Christ is risen indeed. Alleluia. Amen. So, what is the traditional liturgical greeting for Pentecost? It's this. The pastor says, Happy Pentecost! And the response from the congregation is, Oh yeah, we forgot about Pentecost! Okay, my point is that Pentecost is one of the big three church holidays. Or is it? In my church context, white, liberal, mainline, United Methodist, Pentecost gets lost very easily. I assume that's primarily because it's not given attention in secular culture. For example, it's not listed on calendars. Even the calendar right in front of me on my desk, made by a major business supply store that you've heard of, it lists holidays. For example, it lists the beginning and the end of Ramadan, which is very good. 
it does not list Pentecost. I'm not complaining or putting value judgment on that, just pointing it out. There are no Pentecost sales at stores. I know there are no Ramadan sales either. Uh, but my point is, nobody get, we don't get the day off from school for Pentecost the way we do for other Christian holidays. I think probably the biggest reason of all that people might forget about Pentecost is it's nice outside this time of year. People want to do other stuff on a Sunday in late spring. For white liberal mainline churches, the distractions come pretty easily, don't they? It doesn't take much. This is not going to be a podcast about the war on Pentecost. I'm just trying to point out something that we should know well, which is that our tradition, the stuff we say we value, slips away from us very easily, doesn't it? It sure does. Sometimes, to be white, liberal, mainline, Christian, surprisingly, sometimes that is to feel quite rudderless, adrift in a sea that we don't even realize surrounds us, where our values and our priorities are dictated far more by corporations and systems of oppression than we realize. But happy Pentecost! This is a time we remember that God can interrupt our world and set us on a new course. Now, this is the point in the podcast where you're supposed to say amen. Thank you. And that's a perfect transition for me to make another observation about why, for white, liberal, mainline churches, Pentecost can be a little difficult. It's because white people do not do outbursts of the Spirit very well. We don't like being interrupted, not even by God. What are we supposed to make of the evangelical energy that seems to permeate our popular understanding of Pentecost. What I'm saying is that for white people like me, Pentecost can feel a little fake. It can become a little phony. It can be a time when white pastors pretend to be comfortable with a style of preaching and an expression of spirituality that we normally avoid, suppress, and are embarrassed by. At Pentecost, to be plain, sometimes white preachers can co-opt blackness. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes the best we seem to have to offer at Pentecost is to pretend to be something we're not, inauthentically. Some preachers, once a year, will imitate a declarative, charismatic style that we are stealing from the black church tradition. Yikes. Now, of course, white people have a lot to learn about how to be Christian from black people. But sometimes, rather than learning, we just steal. This is nothing new. So let me get to the one big point I want to make. Uh, the Pentecost story in Acts is associated with speaking in many languages. For this reason, uh, Pentecost is often associated uh, with multiculturalism, and that's fair enough. But I want us to realize this. In the story, the miracle was not simply that a multicultural fair popped up out of nowhere. The miracle was that people started speaking in their own language so that people could actually understand them. 
Think about that. Speaking in your own language so that people can actually understand. Imagine if the Christian church spoke a language that people could actually understand. I'm going to read one little phrase from uh, the New Revised Standard Version translation of the Bible, Acts chapter 2, the end of verse 6. This is very brief. It reads, Each one heard them speaking in the native language of each. At Pentecost, people in the church find a way to speak in their own native language in a way that can be easily understood and heard by other people like themselves. This is the challenge for white people working to resist racism. The question is, what is the language, if you will, that we can speak so that other white people understand what we're talking about? I'm not talking about speaking English. I'm referring to speaking about racism and white supremacy in a way that white people can actually understand, receive, and relate to. Can it be done? Well, my first response is, as white people, we don't have a language to use around racism. The way we normally, quote, talk about racism is to not talk about racism. We dance around the topic without ever saying anything, or with only saying the same old things. You know the cliches. We say, diversity is good, racism's bad, we need to have a conversation. I'm not sure there is a language we as white people share that will serve us well. My guess would be that people who have found their way to a surge uh, podcast know that we need a new language if we're ever going to act in new ways and move beyond words. The liberal cliches that we use in white space have not been enough. Talk about love or equality or respect. It's pretty empty. Even the word resistance, our theme for this podcast, it's quickly become a part of that vague liberal lexicon. Likewise, I'm guessing that you have probably been criticized, like I have, for speaking about racism in a language that people just can't understand? Have you ever been told, like I have, that people won't be able to hear you if you use the phrase white supremacy? Have you been told, like I have, that if you say the phrase black lives matter, then you will instantly alienate people? I have. Have you been told that you have to build space where people can dialogue and come to the table and not be afraid to say what they really think. And you know that this means listening to white people say that they don't want to talk about racism because it's too disturbing to them personally. I've been there. At Pentecost, some part of me wants to say, I don't want to talk to white people the way that they talk. Well, this is the central question for this Pentecost podcast. How are we white people who are called to resist white supremacy, how are we to do the work? To take the risk to try to engage in anti-racism work, how are we going to talk to our own people in a language we understand? I don't know what it is. But at Pentecost, 
we need to try. And Pentecost is a good time for us to believe and to affirm that such speech, such Holy Spirit-inspired speech, is possible. Now, this does not mean, again, submitting ourselves to the cliches of the Church and America and white space. It does not mean just talking, just writing sermons or making podcasts or saying prayers. But talking to each other is a big part of what we have to do. I wish there was something I could do today, an action I could go out and accomplish to make a difference. And, of course, there are actions we can do. But we also need to just talk to white people. Sometimes white people want to avoid this, and instead... We want to be accepted in black spaces or in other cultures or languages or by other peoples and locations. And this brings me just to the last note I want to share with you. As we think about Pentecost and people speaking in a language that can be understood, we have to ask ourselves, what about power? You know, white people are are not just another group of people in the world in some sense. We need to have an analysis of power dynamics as we critique whiteness. White, Christian, English-speaking people, we have power, specifically cultural power. And we need to acknowledge that we have access to power, opportunities, and resources that other people do not In the book of Acts, chapter 2, verses 9 through 11, there's this great catalog of people. Do you remember this part of the text? It it reads, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia. It goes on. I love reading this passage as quickly as I can in worship uh, each Pentecost Sunday. It's fun. But we need to realize that everyone has context, location, unique stories, and relationship to power that makes us who we are as individuals, but also as groups. We need to critique, question, and resist what it means to be white, even as we work with and work as white people for racial justice. So we need to speak in a way that people can hear, but we also need to let others talk and communicate and be with their own people without naively letting our cultural power squash what's going on. Talk in a language that can be understood, your language. And also realize we need to let others communicate in their own ways too, without co-opting, without invading and colonizing their world. There is a fine line, an uneasy balance in what I'm saying, but I think this approach is a good, a good way to honor Pentecost from an anti-racist perspective. talk to white people without falling into cliches? Well, it's very easy. 
practice. Engage in self-criticism and accountability. If someone has fed you a line of bullshit in a so-called conversation about race, then you can revisit it, either with a friend, or by yourself, or in writing, in journaling. Practice what you can say and what you can try to do better in the future. How can we find white people to work with? Well, you can start a surge chapter or attend one. We've just started one here in the Merrimack Valley. How can we move beyond just words? Well, I hope that you will critique me, give me feedback, ideas, maybe even encouragement, so that we can improve together. This Pentecost, let's pray to God for a language that people can understand, and let's practice using it. Happy Pentecost! We are building a Builders must be strong.